already conquered the times. Now, in 35 or end of 34, beginning of 35, this scientific American job starts. You're still working for the news service, the Monitor News Service. Uh, yeah, working there. And in 36, New Ways in Photography, which is your first book, comes out. Yeah, well, 35. What was the I story? Was asked, well, in 35, there's a letter came from me to the editor of Scientific American. Mm -hmm. And the editor called me and said, they want you to write a book. Now, is this Ziff Davis, the first book? No, no, that's a Pete, uh, 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 um, Scientific American. Mm -hmm. No, but I mean the publisher of the first book. Oh, that was uh, Whittlesey House. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, McGraw Hill. Yeah. Division of McGraw Hill. And they, uh, uh, they wanted, wanted me to come in and talk about a book. So we've been following your column in Scientific American for a year, and now we'd like to talk about a book. Now this was, I think, about the first book of this type at the time, a hobby book. And uh, and uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, how um, uh, we'd like you to write a book. So write us an outline, send it in. And so far, I wrote the outline, brought it in, liked the outline. Now, uh, uh, what are we going to call it? I had called it New Ways of Photography. Yeah. That was the title of my my, my outline. And he said. Um, said, well, no, let, let's think of something else. didn't like that? He didn't like it, no. Mm -hmm. So I wrote two dozen titles, including New Ways in Photography. Uh -huh. And he reads this New Ways in Photography says, hey, what about this title? <laughs> <laughs> so who am I to argue? Yeah. There's a great thing in, the, in that book. I have a Xerox of some of the, the title pages. The, this photograph, <laughs> riding the camera hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is I think a classic uh, symbol maybe of, of this. And is this this is your photograph or I'm afraid so that's me too up there. This is you this is is this a mirror like or a self timer thing? Uh, I uh I don't know how I think I had a long cable camera release. Uh -huh. No, no, wait a minute. I must have had a camera release. I may have had another camera. Yeah. I had another camera over here with Yeah, I may have had a four or five or maybe the graphics. Yeah, it's really quite, uh, quite uh, <laughs> a remarkable uh, thing. And in this book, also you refer to uh, William Hershaft. I don't know if that's the way yeah, you pronounce his name. Who you later do a book with? On the, on the, on the lighting. Now, who is he? Uh, he was, uh, he was a, um, a. I guess you call him an artist. He was a. What is he? Peep shows, uh, well not peep shows, what do you call it, it's a uh, bunch of Judy shows, uh, puppet, puppet shows, I guess puppet shows. And uh, he was an electrician, uh -huh. electronic uh, electrician, and uh, he said let's do a book together, which is the biggest mistake I ever made in my life, <laughs> collaborating with anybody, uh -huh. so particularly this guy. And uh, so we thought up all these ideas, a mirror, at, at an angle, so to get several reflections. Kind of theatrical lighting uh, yeah, type that, of ideas. And he was in the, the sort of theater man. And I photographed these, uh, I made all the photographs on an 8x10 camera. Jeez. And we set up a, uh, we, he uh, sculpted a head, which he used as a pattern mm -hmm. for, uh, show the different lighting, that's in that lighting book, mm -hmm. uh, uh, how to light a head, you know, front, side, back, back. And uh, there were all four or five. 
these are for these are taken for five. Uh, and uh, but you he, you had already met him though in 1936. Oh yeah, I've known him for some years. Yeah, just is he just an idea. I, we lived in uh, we lived in the uh, in this. Uh, I had a studio, my own, you know, sort of a workplace in this uh, Lincoln Center before Lincoln Center was there. It's a big office building. Mm -hmm. That the building's in no longer there. Uh, and I, that's how I got to know him. He was next door or something? He was, well, I'd met him through somebody else, or through a, 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 an artist. Uh, and I, this artist I had known in Hartford. Mm -hmm. So they sort of got together. And he was interested in, in photography, uh, but more in, in the theatricals. And so he said, let's get together to do a book. Or maybe it was my idea, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So we did it. and. Uh, I had a lot of trouble with him because being a, a puppeteer and uh, his stuff being seen, his, his products being seen from the stage, if you were sitting in the audience, you saw his puppets, mm -hmm. but you didn't see the dust on the table. And when I photographed these setups, I said, you know, we have to dust this off, clean it up. I said, oh, why? See, that's the way it's made. Why bother? Just too much trouble. He's not used to dusting, keeping things clean. I said, look, Bill, <laughs> uh, this is going to show up in a photograph. You get close to things to show what they're like. And when you see what they're like, you also see this crap around there. And you don't want your readers to see that. Uh, he didn't give it to him. He thought, well, this is the way it's done. So, so I used to, so we had trouble there. Lots of trouble there. <laughs> So I used to have to clean up the thing before photographing. So, so that's we did that together, and we split the royalties, and it sold pretty well. The new ways have sold best of all. The new ways in photography, first one. First, it went into 18 printings. Now, you do that comes out in 36 sometime. That came out 36. In 37, I guess the Scientific American thing is getting big enough to the point where you lo you lo you uh, leave the Monitor News Service. Is that right? Or, uh, or well, here's what happened there. Yeah, what? Seeing reporting uh, on the products. You know, it used to get released and, and I had to report on them in Scientific American. Uh-huh. And say a new exact test. Mm -hmm. a new 35 millimeter right. cameras here. And I, uh, so I, uh, uh, I reported these things. I used to come to see this Joseph M. Bing. Joseph M. Bing, who I once, by mistake, introduced as a, as a an Austrian, and he immediately clicked his heels and he says, Viennese. So, of course, I never said that again. He kept after me to come to work for him. Now, and who is he? He is, oh, he is the importer of the, the he was a photo marketing corporation, the importer of the Westpac Exerte and the uh, Plowbell Makina. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, and he, um, he finally went over, you know, after, after me for months and months and months, and he offered me uh, more money than I was making on the monitor, more than they would ever pay me. And uh, so I uh, quit the monitor and went there. And the first day I went to work for Joe Bing, who was a monster, uh, I quit at 3 o'clock that afternoon. Huh. Finished. 
I couldn't stand this guy. He's one of these real autocrats and a real bully. Mm -hmm. And I, who needs it? Yeah. So I called Al Williams. I said I'd like my job back. And once you quit the monitor, because you have a lot of trouble, mm -hmm. I, I thought, well, I guess I lost cause. So he tried, and apparently it worked out. And I went back to the monitor. So, so uh, Bing said, um, "Well, I haven't given up." He said, uh, "Whenever, whenever you're ready to come. In the meantime, we're going to hire, hire Kip Ross. Kip Ross was a photographer using a miniature camera, using a rolly at the time. Mm -hmm. He's a, a newspaper photographer, working for the Journal of American. I think one of those and uh, he uh, he went to work for Joe Bing." And Joe Bing said that you, you have this job on suffrage, so as long as Deshin, whenever he decides to come back, you're out. Mm -hmm. So Kip accepted that, and I knew, I knew Kip too. So it was no, nothing. So the day that I decided that I'd like, the, he was making it very attractive for me, and I was married, and it was nice to have money. And uh, so we had, you know, depression and so forth, it's still wearing. Uh, and, uh, so uh, I said, okay, that day an issue of the Nugget came out. The Nugget was a magazine published by Carl Barleyben. Carl? B-A-R-L-E-B-E-N. K-A-R-L. Carl. Who was dean of uh, New York City. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carl was editing this magazine called The Nugget. It was on photography. Mm -hmm. And in that, Kip had an article on on how we loved the Roly. Mm -hmm. Now the Roly was a competitor of the West Pocket Executive, which Bing was importing. And he, as a matter of fact, he had wanted the Roly, but Burley Brooks uh, won out. So Burley Brooks was the, so they were, you know, competitors. Enemies, yeah. you know. And uh, so he had this uh, praise, uh, an article that was full of praise of the Roly, and here he was working for the guy who was the importing the best, best Pocket Executive. Bing saw, saw this, and he was livid. It was the very day that I had agreed to come back. So he called uh, Kip up to the penthouse where he had his home. He said, I'm going to throw you down the stairs. He got you're real vicious. He said, you're fired. Well, actually, <laughs> he, he, he was fired mm -hmm. because we had this agreement. There was no... No question about it. Wouldn't have matter whether he written the article. No, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, he, was, he knew that he was out when I decided to come back. And uh, so anyway, so he he was out on his ear. Uh, but uh, so uh, I came back. So now, is this and when I you went to work for him? Now, is this when you finally left the Christian Science Monitor That's right. in '37? '37. And was it '37? Was it that '37 is the date I've seen. It could be, yes, something like that. Because um, about that time, the Pop so, Photo came out. Yeah, right. Beginnings of your contributions to Pop Photo, I have yeah. down the same year. Now, May 1937. So working for Bing, how long did that last then, finally? What what were you actually doing for him? Well, there again, because I hate jobs, I was with him two years. I quit him four times in those two years. Mm -hmm. I, kept, I kept coming back because I needed the money, that, you know, but I just couldn't stand the best. So what were you doing for him, actually? Uh, writing letters. You know, I was supposed to write letters for, for his... Uh, actually, I was doing very little. Joe Bing was a, uh, a what he was to, uh, a, a, a columnist collector. Mm -hmm. That uh, Everybody was a columnist. He used to hire him. 
and uh, give him nothing to do. There was, uh, uh, there was, he had about Carl Barlett was one. Uh, who was that stereo man? Uh, I've forgotten who it was. He used to write for American Photography on stereo. Uh, he was another, uh, and uh, 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 Norris Harkness later became president of the PSA, and uh, a few others like that. Anyway, so uh, that was uh, not a very, very uh, I, I was just there and I just kept, kept quitting every, every few months mm -hmm. and kept coming back. From about 37 to about 39 or so. Uh, about 39 or 40, somewhere in there, because then the war came along and he had no cameras you could import anymore. And we had it, we saw the first uh, exactive, uh, scene exacted, which is the, uh, we call the scene exacted, it's 35 millimeter uh, film, and it had the bulbous nose on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we had just, just that one and they couldn't get any more in. That was the only one we had until after the war. Was the first 35 in this country, 35 reflex. Uh, so we. Uh, you do another book in here, making pictures with miniature cameras, yeah. around the same time, 37. Well, that's uh, what happened there was, after I had done the one book for Willsey House, I then did several more. I think uh, the miniature camera may have been the next one. Mm -hmm. uh, lighting ideas came next. Lighting ideas that was in. And then there were uh, several others. Finding new subjects with your camera is 39. Yeah. Photo tricks and effects. Now that's for Ziff Davis. Yeah, Ziff Davis. I did in two 40. For and tabletop. tabletop. That's in 41. The, both of those. See, all of these have been hobby books. Yeah, right. Except for Save With Your Camera, which is another one. Mm -hmm. So you worked for Bang for two years. You're so, still doing Scientific American. Uh, yeah, and then uh, that petered out because of the war and they were not getting any more advertising. But in 41, um, Bob Brown, Robert W. Brown, who was writing a column for, for the Times, mm -hmm. a freelance, and he had to, to keep that job, it wasn't really a job, it was an assignment. He had to uh, invite outsiders to write a column every once in a while. So uh, Bob only did about the two columns a month. Mm -hmm. The other months, uh, we, hired, we hired somebody else. And one of those was me. You know, I was, uh, did a column for him on something, wartime photography or something like that, and filters and things like that. And uh, uh, so then he, um, uh, then he decided, oh, he got an offer of a job with, uh, with, uh, with Kodak the advertising department, because Bob Brown's been a very aggressive kind of a guy. And so he got to know these people. I've never pushed around, but Bob was that type. So he got this job with Kodak, and mm -hmm. one day he called me and said, I'd like, uh, he said, uh, how would you like to write the Times column? I said, fine, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm going to Kodak. So I said, fine, what do I do? He says, uh, I told uh, Mark Kell that you were coming to see him. I mean, I'll tell Mark Kell to come to see him. So I went to see Mark Kell, and uh, we were talking about it and about And uh, finally, uh, he wanted me to make some layouts, which is a stupid 
thing because he, I would not be the man to do the layoffs. And, uh, but I, anyway, it was his way of making it tough for him. So I got the job. Mark Markel, M-A-R-K-E-L. It was uh, quite a martinet. Mm -hmm. He died recently. Everybody hated his guts. <laughs> he was a great editor. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should go together. Yeah. And uh, and the uh, so I uh, got to writing this thing, and then uh, I see all my friends going to write Field or Patterson, and I, I said so one day I said to Alvin Freeman, who was with Zeiss, I said uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to do something, you know, for the war effort. At 40, 41 now, like and uh, he said uh, 42. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Well, let me think about it. So next time Johnny Adams comes to town, Johnny Adams used to work his ice, and he was now a second lieutenant mm -hmm. out at right field. Well, the next time he comes in, uh, I'll tell him to come to see you." Mm -hmm. So Johnny comes in one day to the Times, and uh, he has his long sheet of paper. And he says, "Here, fill it out." I said, hell with it. I'm not, I'm not going to fill anything. I hate questionnaires. I said, well, it's the only way you can get there. So I took it home and struggled with this thing, fighting it. Mm -hmm. You know, not answering it, but fighting it. And finally I, I did it, and a week later I got this call to the right field. So were you a civilian, actually? A civilian. I was, I always been a civilian. I, mm -hmm. I was not in the Army. I see. You know, I, there were many civilians. I was one of many then. So I went out there and I got this job in the service and the maintenance, uh, not maintenance, uh, service liaison unit. One of his names, that is fancy name. And uh, I got into that. And then I got into another department, another the uh, maintenance division. And eventually, as the war wore on, I uh, went into the curriculum unit, unit uh, where they wrote uh, uh, textbooks for uh, books for. Uh, what do call them? Instruction material. I, I had to learn how to use a, 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 a uh, what is that uh, machine that whirls around and around? Uh, a machine, a drill, uh, not drill. What does it do? What is it, what is it for? It, it, well, it, you can uh, make uh, curlicues on wood or cut with metal. A lathe? A lathe, that's it. Thank you. And. Uh, Oh, and then you write a manual on how to use a lathe? Yeah, that was the idea. But, but by the time we got through with that, uh, they discontinued the uh, curriculum unit. Mm -hmm. So you sit around then and buy walnut, uh, uh, donuts next door, you know, downtown. So they used to bring the donuts in a bag full of hand them around to the girls, you know. And one by one, the guys were leaving. Uh, the artist left, a uh, couple of writers left, until there's nobody left but me. Mm -hmm. And the... And the uh, and the officer in charge. And he said, why don't you uh, build a unit around? I said, build a unit for what? And Washington, <laughs> Washington doesn't want us to do anymore. But this guy wanted to keep his job, you know. He didn't want to get back to waiting on, on the clerk and uh, waiting on customers at, in the department stores. That's what these guys were. And uh, so I, uh, so then I quit. Oh, then one day I get a letter from uh, New York from uh, Gus Wolfman, I remember Augustus Wolfman, mm -hmm. Wolfman reports said right that Focal so. Press, uh, Krasner Krauss of Focal Press needs a New York editor. Now before we talk about Focal Press, right. let me ask you one more thing about yeah, the well, war effort. Um, <laughs> cool. I'm getting a little different picture here of 
So that you just, you were in Dayton, Ohio for what, almost three years? Well, I was there from uh, 42 to 46. End of 42. End of 45. End of 45. So just about three years, a little more maybe. And you didn't you didn't actually have that much directly to do with photography in this at all. It's more just except supplying the photographers, and I used to photograph for myself, and also we'd uh, we'd photograph the girls. I got in with a guy who was who was in the pole uh, studio photographer in Cleveland, and he was quite an operator. He had set up a, a, a studio. He left his wife there. He marked a spot where the lamp was to stand, and and. Uh, and he told his wife, if you dare move these, I'll murder you. Uh -huh. So the customers used to come in, you put people up here, the wedding pictures, and uh, the camera was here, and you do this to that and manipulate the camera. The exposure was always the same, the light was always the same, and uh, if you move the lights, of course, you're going to be all off. So, and then he'd come back, come in, you'd have leave every three or four months, come back and collect the money. Well, while he was at uh, Wright Field, he lived with a folk, uh, water, uh, 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 wired officer, mm -hmm. had a uniform and so forth, and they used to uh, set up this business of photographing these girls whose husbands were abroad. And he used to charge them, he used to retouch the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. Girls with pimples, you know, yeah. you look at them later, it's all gone, magic. Mm -hmm. you know? And he, he, he dressed them in, in, in curtains, you know, you know, sort of bare shoulders and throw these drapes around them, drape these curtains around them, make it look very flossy, you know, mm -hmm. backlighting. And he used to hire kids without paying them a cent yeah. for the experience. <laughs> and they do all this retouching, you know, to them how to do it. And if they do it badly, he used to pull the hell out of them. <laughs> well, he had, uh, he had this place where they lived. And one day, uh, he had a station wagon. Uh, he was asked by the army to photograph the general, or some officer. The officer was being sent abroad, and they needed pictures of the family. And they lived in a certain place called Fairfield, which is officer's quarters. They needed pictures tomorrow at 9 o'clock. And a guy named Rose, another Rose, uh, Orville Rose, uh, said, you've got to go to this, uh, told him, and, and I went along with, my wife was at Tule Lake, she was in the, uh, uh, handling the Japanese, you know, that uh, she's trying to be, she's the only, the only decent administrator they had. That's another story. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, so, said, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, you to go to see General so-and-so, or Captain, or whatever, photograph family. And uh, I said, look, Orville, uh, we are working for the government, and uh, this is personal work. I'd be very happy to do it after 5 o'clock. The place slows it down. I have nothing else to do. And he said, no, the officer, check with the officer. No, it's got to come tomorrow. So he went. So well, I'm your head, be it. And on, on his head it was, because later, so we went out to, uh, so we got this blank requisition. The officer, Major, uh, uh, whatever, he used to work for Revere, uh, signed it, a blank check. Uh -huh. So, you know, it's very dangerous to do a thing like that. He trusted us, but, he, uh, but we made one slip. We left a blank space, uh -huh. two blank spaces. 
Anyway, we went in with this truck. <laughs> All we had to do was make some portraits, black and white. Got eight by ten color, Kodachrome, <laughs> which is the main in that time, in those days. Uh, equipment, uh -huh. the warrant officer wanted a, one of these Dazor lamps, so we got a Dazor lamp. You don't take a picture of Dazor lamp. And we had, uh, besides the warrant, taking the scene of the crime, and uh, all kinds of paper, film, just loaded up and filled in every blank space except one. Mm -hmm. And that's the mistake we made. Because in that blank space, somebody who wanted a projection screen filled it in, put in project projection screen. That screen was uh, then uh, taken by somebody else. Mm -hmm. So then we were called in the policemen, you know, the, uh, the what do they call them? Military police or Military, no? yeah, the uh, FBI, mm -hmm. FBI. So we were all called in. In the meantime, I used to, I used to do, uh, I used to have a darkroom at home. Uh -huh. I have a little darkroom there in the basement. And uh, 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 Major Mood Moodry was the guy, was the, this is the guy who used to work Revere. Major Moodry is in charge of this division. And says, if you want to take some paper home, take any, take all the paper you want. So I said, uh, uh, how, how am I going to take it out? He said, well, I'll sign it. I'll sign the release. You know, uh, pass, uh, pass, uh, pass. So I said, fine. So they each sign a pass. I take this home, and I used to pile up the stuff at home. Some of it I used to, used to have to use uh, uh, benzotriazole, you know, to keep the right uh, fog to, to keep it from fogging too mm -hmm. much. And uh, uh, so, so one day there was an accumulation of these things. Oh, no. Oh, so when oh, they start the, looking into the this FBI, requisition, they... The FBI, oh, the FBI raided his place, mm -hmm. not mine, because I, I didn't, his, he had all his equipment. And they arrested the warrant officer and, and, and got this guy in. He was suspended for two weeks. And we were all questioned in separate little cubicles. Mm -hmm. So I tell a, tell a guy, they were inspecting the inquiring officer, I tell him everything. I said, I, I got these paper, this paper's home. If you want it, you can have it. Uh, because movie let me have it. And uh, I, was, I came as an assistant. Anyway, I, I, nothing happened to me. Because I tell him straight dope. I didn't try to hide. There's nothing to hide. I mean, it's always nice to be clean. And I didn't think that we were doing anything wrong. Um, so anyway, the uh, so uh, this poll, he was suspended for two weeks. Then he went back in, and uh, I kept on working. And uh, the officers got a slap on the wrist. And they got boiling out too, but that's as much as happened to them. <laughs> but they're really the culprit, culprits because they they decided this thing. So you were um, so. Uh, so let me hang on a second. Let me take a look at this. Well, you were you were going to say about focal press then? Oh, so I got at the tail end of this uh, my period there. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, I got this letter, inviting me. At the same time, I had a letter from uh, Ernie Brooks, who runs a Brooks school mm -hmm. in, uh, in, Sa in Santa Barbara. In Santa Barbara, Ernie and I had been working together. Where? At the right field. Okay. And. Uh, he finally decided uh, to go home. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have anything to go back to. Mm -hmm. My wife was teaching at McGill University, teaching uh, school uh, uh, social work. Now, it, McGill in Toronto? Toronto. Uh -huh. 
and not Toronto, no, uh, uh, the other place. Uh, in Canada, I mean, in Canada, Ottawa. No, it's no McGill is in Toronto, I think, isn't it? No, it's not Toronto. Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Montreal. Montreal. And uh, she was teaching there, and so I used to come to visit her from Wrightfield. Finally, I decided, well, it'd be nice if I, she's teaching there, let her keep on teaching. I'll travel around the country in my old 37 from Plymouth mm -hmm. and take pictures. You know? uh, well, that was not to be because whenever I'm offered, I never, I, I hardly ever say no. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I ever said no. People put a question to me, what do you do? I say, I do it without thinking. It's very stupid of me because at that point I could have had a nice, nice vacation all by myself. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that so we got this letter. That, well, uh, Ernie Brooks, I turned that down right away. He wanted me to teach out at uh, the school uh, at the salary I was making at the, in the army, which is thirty-four hundred dollars. And uh, I didn't want to teach anywhere. It didn't appeal to me. Why didn't it appeal to you? I mean, it would seem you've been sort of teaching through your writing in a in a sense uh, with all but the teaching is not my. I can't face people. I can talk to one or two people, mm -hmm. but I can't. When it comes to standing up there like a goddamn dummy, uh, I, I just, I just, I, mean, I don't know. It's bashful, I guess. I, I, I got to have a kickback. I have to get a response from people. Something. You're just not a lecturer. No, no, I'm not. Uh, and uh, uh, so the so the focal press thing. Uh, so I get this letter. Mm -hmm. About the same time, and they uh, offered me this job as an American editor. Now, you mentioned the name of the fellow who was from, the letter was from? Krasner Krauss. I he, think I've seen that. Uh, yeah, he's the owner of Focal Press, mm -hmm. which he has since sold. Uh, and uh, so I took the job, and I went home, and I got $85 a week or something like that. You went back to New York? Back to New York. And this was a Fourth Avenue somewhere. And uh, the man in New York was a partner of President Cross's, the New York partner. His name was uh, Eisler, George B. Eisler. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, and this went on for a while. And we used to, we had uh, Varden, Lloyd, Lloyd Varden, as our consultant. Mm -hmm. Lloyd was a very technological man. And he was to read the things by Jacobson and Cox, these heavy tomes on mm -hmm. techniques of photography, technology of photography. And he was to update it, and uh, then we'd print it. Mm -hmm. So we'd meet at a place called the Parkside Hotel, where I lived, close by, which has since become a headquarters for a sisterhood of some sort. And, uh, and we used to go over these manuscripts, he'd make suggestions, I'd make notes. And so he was our editor. And, uh, and then uh, uh, then one day, Krasner Krauss decided he wants to put out the first a series of books on uh, color, beginner's books for on color photography. Mm -hmm. Sell for a dollar a copy. And uh, so I picked out Eifer Thomas, or Eifer Thomas, who was the editor of Collier's, photography editor of Collier's. Uh, and a few other people, I've forgotten who they were now. Mm -hmm. And my job was to go out and talk to these people, get this material, get some pictures, and then write it. Actually write the text. Actually it? write the text. Mm -hmm. So Thomas was the most picturesque assignment I had. Uh, I think Bagby, Robert Bagby was one of the most 
practically hit the ceiling, or probably did, but I didn't see him across the water. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, uh, so we don't pay our people. I said, well, you're paying $500 now, $500 uh, when they get the, you get the manuscript. So he said, we don't pay our people that. I said, well, that's just too bad for your people. But you've got to do it here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't consent to less. Anyway, then they would have these English note, these uh, uh, English uh, booklets, uh, what are they called? Guides, guides, photo guides, they call them. And these were guides that were written in English, written originally in German, then translated into English in London by Germans who had learned English in London. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it sounded like it. So the sentences start at the top and ended at the very bottom. One sentence, right? whole page. You know? So I broke it up mm -hmm. into six or eight sentences. And I sent it to him for his approval and said, oh, no, I can't do it. Uh, I can't do that. So they uh, you have to consider the idiosyncrasies of the authors. I said, how about the idiosyncrasy of the people going to buy a damn book? <laughs> and uh, so that broke up a beautiful friendship. And that's a and then he did certain things that I wasn't involved in, but uh, he rooked the uh, the guy who was in New York. And there was some some something that, that didn't go. So I finally quit. And I called. I wrote to Mark Ellis. I'd like may I pick up my column again in the Times. And somewhere in August or September of forty six. Forty six. This is the first time after after the war. Mm -hmm. And he said. Um, so I'll let you know. So what they did, they cased the town, see if anybody still knows me, and see if they, uh, see if I'm, I'm good. Uh -huh. So apparently it, the answer was an over a resounding yes, uh -huh. and I got the job. Yes, and I had the first uh, issue. Uh, I don't know if it was the first issue, but we immediately came out with a couple of pages of advertising. So I mean, Christmas time we had six or seven pages. Uh -huh. Eventually. So the editor, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is that one of the uh, earmarks of a successful columnist from the standpoint of the editor was your ability to draw the advertising. That's right. So we got the advertising. And of course, what helped too was the fact that it was the New York Times. You know. Sure. Not, I'm not, right now we have uh, junk that they run in the, in the photo section, so-called. Now that should run in really the photo magazines, mm -hmm. because they can illustrate it. Uh, how how right. can you write an article on uh, taking a portrait? If you don't illustrate it, mm -hmm. you know. but they run it without any illustrations, yeah. and they pay them 150 bucks to whoever comes along, and uh, and uh, so they um, that's how that's run. And they, and you could write anything you want. You could run a bunch of asterisks mm -hmm. in the paper, so long as it's in the New York Times, they'd run an ad, because <laughs> some of the junk was just mm -hmm. useless. Anyway, so that was the. Uh, that's what it's come down to now. Now they have no news in no news. So in '46, you you resume the column. Forty-six. September twenty-second, '46. Now is this you resume it as a partly as a result of terminating the focal press jazz that 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 yeah. deal falls apart uh, for you personally at least. And well, uh, I well yes. Well, I wanted to uh, do something something else. I wanted to get some. Of course, even then I was doing it uh, not every every week because they still have that old system where you do. You invite people to write. That went on for several months after that. Mm -hmm. Then we decided to have a full column, and I wrote it every week. Every week from about 47 on? September 22 was my first column. Of 46? 46. 
And there were a couple other people invited for a while. Uh, uh, no, no, no. This was a full-fledged column. Well, that was the beginning of the... Yeah, and it was in 41. They used to share the column with other people. So from 40, September... 22, 46, I was writing until for continuously. March 1st of 1970? March 1st of 1970. So every week you did that? Column. Every week. And, uh, and, of course, the advertising varied. Uh, but sometimes we didn't have very much, but we always, I would have less space when there wasn't as much advertising uh, because, you know, they allotted according to the space you had, uh -huh. which it didn't know. Sometimes we have a lot of advertising and I have even less space because, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, they had to have the space for the advertising. So I was uh, licked either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, it was a good experience. And that's where I started to do all the things that I was doing. I got the... Uh, uh, free uh, f the liberty to write uh, to uh, criticize the pictorialists. The first thing I did, the first uh, story I covered from away from the New York was the first post-war PSA convention. This is Ro the one Steichen was at? Rochester, yeah. Eggs rolling off the plate. Uh -huh. And uh, that's that famous one. And the uh, then uh, I used to go to the various conventions uh -huh. uh, of uh, the PSA, <coughs> largely because I liked the idea of getting a free trip. Yeah, right. Also, there was a trade show. We went to San Francisco, and uh, I met uh, Minor White then on that occasion. And we had a great time. We had the, our first talk. We went out to Adam's house, where sort of Minor was living. and. Uh, it's like a long lost brother. I never met the guy before in my life. We, Adams. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, Minor. 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 Uh, Adams is not living. It was Adams' house. Uh -huh. But Minor had, had it, was using it. And Minor said, uh, <coughs> brought out some cheese and milk. Uh -huh. And you know, that's the most sumptuous feast I'd ever had because of the conversation that ensued. Huh. You know, it's, I mean, it's just a, a couple of. Uh, uh, a country that uh, uh, louts, you know, mm -hmm. you might say, they're sitting there talking, chewing the fat over the things that they were really love to talk about. You know? mm -hmm. And I just hit it off fine with him. He then took me out to the school in his little old, uh, uh, wagon, and it, uh, I thought I was going to fall off any minute. Mm -hmm. And he showed me the, the, the work he had been doing, explained the system, showed me the photographs that they'd been taking. And we're talking, and you know, he was perfectly lucid. Now, people talked about uh, him as not being very clear. Mm -hmm. I understood every word he said. Because I guess maybe, we, because that's the level at which we were talking. But, uh, but we were talking about things that mattered to both of us. Mm -hmm. we were both, it was understandable to both of us. So it was not any of this phony stuff you know, that people accuse him of. Yeah, maybe. Um no, that came later. So. Maybe the thing to do at this point, we've got you on the Times and you stay there for like this period of time. Until uh, uh, 70. And you, you're, you start writing for Pop Photo again on a real regular basis or now, around now, a little later. Now, Pop Photo was the most recent of three magazines I wrote for. Uh, see, we have to. So you have to go back to 37 now. Okay, let's do you it. You have to jump around. Because around that time, because Pop Photo made such a, such a success of mm -hmm. this magazine that they uh, uh, that others imitated them. So they came out with 100,000 circulation. Mm -hmm. You know, never heard of. Unheard of. And 
Uh, one day I was, uh, I was talking to uh, the editor of Pop Photo. I've been writing since 37, mm -hmm. you know, May 37. I was in the very first issue. And uh, later on from Minicam. And uh, I said, uh, uh, B.G. Davis was uh, one of the owners, Ziff Davis, who later died because Ziff is dead too now. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, um, uh, uh, we have a new ma magazine coming out. Oh, this is before Pop Photo, before the title. Uh, and uh, oh, he wrote me a note. Then just how this came about, because I had never written for a pop photo before, uh -huh. so there was no pop photo. And uh, Davis wrote me a note, or was on t wrote me a note, said there's going to be a new magazine, and uh, and I said, well, very soon, now I'll, I'll let you know when it happens. And said, so, what's the title? I said, I can't tell you. Yeah. So I get his letter from his editor in connection with something he wanted me to write for him. And a note by B.G., just a scribble note, popular. Uh -huh. That was the title of the magazine uh -huh. that they were putting out. And I thought, gee, what an inspiration. And so happened there are other things called popular too. Uh, but th this seemed like a great idea. Well, they had uh, American photography, of course, is on the skids. They pop photo bought out. Pop photo uh, was the graveyard of all these magazines. The uh, mm -hmm. prize photography, uh, uh, contest photography, you name it. There. And uh, I used to write for some of them. Mm -hmm. Edna Bennett was the editor of one of them. I used to write for her. And uh, so they had, uh, so this thing, uh, so then Minicamp came out about uh, maybe a year later. And they wanted me to write for them. Here I was writing for, I mean, working for Joe Bing. Joe Bing is a, and there's a story, there's an angle to the story. Uh, Joe Bing wanted me to, uh, I'd been using the, oh, using the Roly. I liked the Roly, and I said to Joe Bing, I said, I'll go to work for you, but I want you to know that I like the Roly Flex, and I don't like the Vespetic Pack Exacta. I'll work for you, but uh, I, 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 you've got no strings on me. I don't want. I don't want to use anything but my really camera because I like it. I said, okay, okay. So, so uh, I, I write this. Uh, you know, I get this. Is this the lunchroom over here or something? No, there's gabbers. Uh, <laughs> but I find it doesn't always, unless it's loud, it doesn't affect. It, it should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I. Uh, uh, so Will Lane was the editor of Minicam. There's somebody else before him, then Will Lane came along. And uh, Will Lane uh, asked me to do something on photograph your girlfriend. In now this is, it was still in Cincinnati then? It, it was, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I was in New York. And this is just before the war or this is earlier? 37? 38. 38? So I asked, uh, so he asked me to do this, uh, 38 or 39, forgotten what I was. Mm -hmm. This article, and I wrote it, and he printed it. Mm -hmm. And I was meeting at Piccadilly Hotel, mm -hmm. where we stayed. And he said, uh, How, uh, he said, uh, said I'm, I'm not going to be there, but I will leave a copy for you in the cover hole. Cover hole. And you asked for it. Mm -hmm. a copy of the first issue. So I, take, uh, I asked for the copy, looked through it, and there are my pictures that I had sent me the article. But the credits 
work for the best bucket exactly. <laughs> I just hit the ceiling because I know what this guy was after. He wanted the advertising. Uh -huh. Best bucket exactly. I don't give a damn what they cook. I just wanted the truth. You know, I mean, just drag it in to sell his advertising. I wanted nothing of it. I didn't want to work for this guy. I want to always wanted to have this independence. And that's why I quit my time. Yeah. And the, and the, uh, uh, so I wrote him a note. I really hit the ceiling. I wrote him a note. Put the magazine back in the rack and said, we're through. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I did not use the exact, not that it makes a whoop of difference. That camera is, but it's so transparent what you're trying to do. So then I went back to the modern, to marketing, this office, and I told Joe Bing, the boss, that I had quit. So he said, so he puts his arm around me, which is not typical. I knew he was after something. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, what happened? And so I told him that he was using, uh, using uh, replacing my credits to the Rolly with the exactor. And you know damn well I don't use the exactor. Not that I don't like it, but I like the Rolly better. And the, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I like it. You know, it's a twin lens. I like the, I, I, I'm still sorry, I, I still don't have it. I eventually did a book on the Rolly. Right, yeah. Which sold a lot of copies, 20,000. Not the same, you know. Right. So anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, and he said, uh, let's write a letter to the editor. I said, what is there to write to, uh, to, to Mr. Lane? There's nothing. So he starts dictating this letter. And every other line is a reference to the exactor. He says, I know you did not use uh, the exactor camera, uh, uh, that you used the, the other camera instead, but you might have, you could have used the, you know, he used the word exacta about a dozen times in this letter, you know. And this was to appear in the paper. I don't know if it ever did. And he <laughs> sent this letter to, and he says, ask him to come to, to, to see me tonight after, and we'll have, we'll talk about it. I said, look, Joe, there's nothing to talk about. Because I'm through with this guy. I have no respect for him. And he could do this sort of thing again. Besides, this once is all I needed. So I said, do me a favor and ask him. So I called Elaine. I said, Joe Bing wants to see you tonight at his penthouse. Mm -hmm. So he came in. He went upstairs. We sat down. Started to talk. And he was all very polite. And he had these long uh, goblet-type glasses, beer glasses. And he set one down. Uh, it is made. He had a Japanese maid, I think it was, and a Japanese chef. Uh, uh, brought out three goblets of, of beer. One set one down. So I um, take a sip. Joe takes a sip. Will takes a sip. Takes another sip. And quickly gets up. And starts walking around in the daze. So Joe knows what's happening. This guy's getting sick. So uh, his face is green. So he said, uh, let me take you to the bathroom. So he escorts Elaine to the back of the bathroom in the back, and then comes back alone. I had told Bing before he did that, I said, this guy's no editor. So he comes back and he says, you're right, he's no editor. The guy throws up, he's not an editor. You can't take 
alcohol. How could it possibly be an edible? Yeah. So, so he threw it up there. Anyway, that was a little story. Uh, so Pop Photo so, so starts with the name. Pop Photo starts with the name, and it became eventually that at some point, at, at one of their issues, you will see a whole long list of magazines that they took over. Mm -hmm. Published names, show they own it, right? and then dropped the list. This is sort of a legal thing. Right, yeah. And I think they ran it for a few months, whatever the legalities are. And then is Photo Arts one of the other uh, things in here that you uh, were talking I about? I don't think Photo Arts was in it. Bloom, Bloomin? You mean Bloom? No, no, but I mean... Um, oh, fo oh, Photo Arts? Later. Oh, Photo Arts was a... Uh, to be they, the Quarterly, they, wasn't they it? Tra the Quarterly. That was uh, uh, Bruce Downs. Mm -hmm. edited, and he, they wanted some additional revenue. Well, the advertisement thought it was a trick. And after three issues, uh, they, they were weren't getting the advertising, so it happened. So I did, I did something for that. Did you, have you seen the photo art? I, I've seen a few issues of it. It's, uh, it's fairly hard to find, and I'm not sure. Uh, oh, I have, I have an article in there on, uh, is black and white doomed? Mm -hmm. A bunch of, uh, uh, then there are other things in there. It was a nice magazine for others. Uh, but the, uh, then they, they had quit. So that, it lasts about three issues. So then you, you, there's a hiatus and you're writing for Pop Photo, the war and maybe right after the war, and then you start up again really full time later on. Oh, uh, during the war, I wrote a couple of things for Pop Photo. One was on using uh, waste material, mm -hmm. which you couldn't get. For example, if you want to make a lens hood, use a pillbox, you know, mm -hmm. make a lens hood out of it. And, uh, I made. I found uses for the black paper interleaving in film, film packaging. Right. Uh, a lens hood. You can a, a filter holder. You can mm -hmm. make your own filter holder. So I did the. So I, uh, I collected a whole mess of these things. Did a piece on it. Uh, and uh, then I did uh, something else on uh, on the photo league. A photo league that's active during the war. Mm -hmm. And so there's an article in there. Forty. Three, I think it was. So a couple now and then during the yeah, war. Yeah, now and then. At one point, I wrote Bruce Downs, who was not the editor then, and uh, who was the editor? Uh, pop photo, uh, Whitehead. Oh, oh. George White, Whiting, Whiting, George Whiting, George. John. John White. John. Uh, R. Whiting. Is that him? Okay. He did uh, that book on uh, uh, called. Uh, uh, photography. Language of photography. Photography is a language? Photography is a language. Yeah, okay. And um, I wrote Bruce uh, suggesting some topics because I saw the stuff they were running, which is what they'd always been running. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I get this letter from uh, Bruce and he said, John says that you're, uh, uh, we, we do a different kind of magazine now. Uh, we're not writing it. It's not the way you... It's not the kind of stuff you used to write before. Mm -hmm. So I looked at them. I can see what they, what they're doing now, you know, which I'd seen and looked through the how to photograph your girlfriend, mm -hmm. make it simple, you know, the, the same old crap that I used to write. And they uh, uh, so I wrote to Bruce, and I s so anyway, writing. So I didn't get to do that. I I wrote for other magazines. Eventually, I got to write for Modern Age, which is called Modern Age. Modern, modern, modern photography. All right. Uh, Minicam had become a, been Became, bought by yeah. Gellert, the uh, 
publisher. Advertising publisher and publisher. Uh, and they changed its format to the, because uh, advertisers required the same for format of all the magazines. Basically a copy of Pop Photo at that point. Is yeah, the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But they never really uh, got the best of uh, So So I wrote something for uh, for a modern, modern photography. And it's what, it's around 1960 that you really start to write again uh, on a pretty regular basis for Pop Photo. Is, am I right? Is it that late? Uh, well, I wrote for them bef before. But I mean like every but issue. But a column. Yeah. A column. Uh, I think it was 1960. I yeah. Sure. Okay. Then that's what I found. Yeah. Is that the, is that the yeah? I went through all uh, a number of those because uh, I have all the five, all the all the 60 issues. Started with 60. Not before. Uh, yeah. Things yeah. after whatever. Yeah. You couldn't take this to lunch with you. I think the fidelity would suffer radically. Exactly. <laughs> I've done it with this, but it's uh, well. But yeah, I've done that. I, I did. Noisy. I did an yeah. interview with uh, Beaumont Newhall in a restaurant in Santa Fe, and oh. it's it's harder than hell to hear what he says. <laughs> oh yeah, I interviewed Sue Davis this way, and Fritz Handley. And I can read. I can re read a word. If you were there, you can make out some of what was said. But if you're if somebody who wasn't there, will never be able to understand it. Well, I interviewed uh, Eisenstadt and uh, and Brian Holm that mm -hmm. way in a restaurant, but we were far removed from the other table. And we were it's a small round table, and had the tape recorder right in. And luckily, both had resonant voices. Yeah. Uh, so I could, uh, so we got a, got away with it. But otherwise, uh, I mean, it was even so, it was difficult. To it depends on the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. So we've got we. Uh, you started writing the column regularly in 1960. Yeah. Well, I've, there's been no interruption. See what? I, oh, I had written a column for modern photography before that. No, I didn't. That I wasn't aware of. Oh, uh, I wrote this column, and they asked me. Uh, they invited me to write this column, an opinion, anything I wanted to write about. And uh, at one point, there was the 15th anniversary of, of popular photography, mm -hmm. for whom I was writing then too. You know, all of that. Uh, and they, uh, I said in the Times, the uh, popular photography. Uh, the, the the most circulated, or the biggest circulation or something in the field. And here I was writing for another magazine. Well, uh, I wasn't thinking of that. Uh, I'm thinking you asked me a question, I'm answering it, you know. I'm kind of dumb that way. So so I uh, so I said that the popular photography, 15th anniversary, they, uh, and the uh, largest circulation. Well, of course, uh, I got what I expected I, I, after I thought about it, you know, and it appeared in the Times, of course, and I, I, so they wanted to see me. I wanted to see Gus Wolfman, who was editor of Modern uh, Photography. And, uh, Gus Wolfman? Gus Wolfman, yeah. Gus Wolfman, Jr. And uh, he said, uh, he, he was hemming and hawing and very embarrassed. I said, uh, I kind of guessed what he wanted to say. Uh, he finally said it. He says, you know, it's not my doing. He prefaced it by saying, it's not my doing. It's the advertising department. You know, they want. So I said, Gus, don't worry about it, because I know where you're at. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're just a, just work here. And uh, so when I walked out, I got that green. It was kind of a stupid guy. When I left, I said, well, next time you check your facts. Well, <laughs> there's no checking your facts, mm -hmm. because it was, it was a fact. Right. You know, the pop photo is always ahead. They just didn't want it publicized. No, today it's a hit. You know, it's, 
uh, I don't know, a million and a half or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they kept going all the time because it was, they had a good name and it was that first and it had a good advertising department, a good promotion department, still have. And uh, uh, so we had, uh, so, so then that was, I... Uh, Do you remember when that was? Well, it was the 15th anniversary. It would have been 37 plus 15, 52? 52. 1952? Yeah. Oh, that's right, that pin punchy. Yeah. Yes. But so, so that's when we uh, bought a company. Yeah. 52, let's see. Oh, okay, 52. Then uh, I get a call from Ed Hannigan. He says, uh, how would you like to write a column for me on, on teenage photography? At that time, my teenagers were hot. Mm -hmm. Right, the 50s, I remember. Yeah. I had an older brother who was a teenager in the 50s, and I was looking on. <laughs> I remember there's a lot of, to do about teenagers. Yeah. So I said, fine, sure, okay, I like teenagers. Uh, and uh, I used to get these letters from kids who uh, work all summer and buy a Leica. You know? Yeah. And work next summer and buy another Leica. They, they didn't have to turn their money into their parents. They just, uh, every cent, the, we, they used to be called the rich, our richest citizens. Yeah, right. You know, there's nothing there. Didn't have no tax, no. Hundred percent disposable income. Yeah, everything they made, they fine. So some kids had two Leicas. <laughs> you know, Leicas are not cheap at any at any age. And uh, uh, then uh, one day, I guess it was. In, where did this appear? In, in U.S. Camera. In U.S. Camera. Oh, oh, Ed Hannigan was editor. Right. U.S. Camera. And uh, I. Uh, uh, so uh, I get this call from Bruce.